Hello, and welcome back to the Book Marketing Tips and Author Success Podcast. And we are excited to announce, and I sound, I know I sound a little hesitant because I, <clears throat> Amy and I just, we kind of brainstormed the fact that we want to change up the formatting a little bit for our shows. We want to start releasing them all on the same day, so all on Friday. But we're not going to necessarily focus so much on length, but on content. So one of the things that she and I talk about a lot is that, you know, the mini-sodes, we have to really keep it short, even though we don't always stay true to that format. For the longer ones, we have to keep it long. And and uh, instead, of, and we're like freewheeling everything now. But I mean, instead of staying in this pocket of... This has to be five minutes. This has to be 30 minutes, which we never adhere to. (laughs) We're going to put together shows that actually fit. So, you know, making the format fit the show as opposed to the show, the show fitting the format, because sometimes there are things that obviously, if you've been a longtime listener, you know, that we can kind of rant on for a long time. (laughs) We have, because we have strong opinions, as Amy said strong opinions about many things. Mm-hmm. So we'd love to get your feedback. If you, and also I'd love to know, do you like the long form shows? Would you rather see more long ones versus short? Um, so in your feed, wherever you listen to podcasts, you're going to start to see episodes populating all on the same day. And we're getting away from the mini. So we're dropping the mini. So term, but check the episode length to see what you really have the time for. So I think that hopefully we'll be able to bring even more quality shows to our listeners, not necessarily tethered to the how long that the show actually has to be. Yep. So I'm I'm excited about that. How about you, Amy? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's going to make a lot more. I think it makes a lot more sense. And I think everybody will appreciate that we're just doing our thing instead of, like you said, worrying about a format. Right, exactly. Um, and this also is allows us to, this also allows us to, um, you know, drop a series of, of shorter episodes if that's really all that, you know, if the, if what we're covering doesn't necessarily need that much time. But today's topic, I'm a little on the fence in terms of how long we're going to talk about this because this is a topic for the ages, as they say. Pricing your books for ROI, pricing your books for your return on investment. That's kind of a hot topic. I, I, I have very strong opinions about this. I cannot tell you how many times over the years that I have talked to authors who say that I have a... Uh, I, I, you know, I have a book and yes, I have it priced high, but I want to earn back what I invested in the book and what they've essentially done in many cases, not every case, but in many cases, they've priced themselves literally out of the market and unfortunately set themselves up for failure. Yeah, I see that a lot. That is actually one of the first things if, if an author comes to us and the book is already out. Um, that is one of the first things that I actually look at as well. I check the pricing and I, I have that conversation with them before we start Penny. And, you know, we're, I know you guys, 
maybe I sound like a broken record, but we really are very honest when authors come to us and, and, and we chat about potentially working together. And so I am very straightforward. If somebody's book is priced really high for their genre or their topic, or especially, you know, and this is something else that we can touch on based on what their platform has achieved to date, you know, we let them know that you can invest a lot in marketing and promotion, but at the end of the day, before somebody clicks by, you know, they do have their limits, you know, and they have expectations of what books should cost based on what they're used to. And I think that's something that people forget about, you know, it, it's, it's easy to get caught up in production costs and things like that. And there's so many different choices that you can make along the way, right? Penny that can affect the cost of your book yeah, and, and how much it's going to end up, you know, costing you personally for each copy. But yeah, I let authors know when they come to us, like, Hey, you know, that doesn't mean that we can't work together, but we do want you to understand that your book is priced higher than most of the competition out there. And so you may get a lot of traffic to your retail page, but that price paint may actually prevent people from clicking by. Well, and Amy, you mentioned you, you, and you say this a lot, which is very smart. You are asking for your reader's time, right? So especially if you're a first-time author and not now are you not only asking for their time, but you're also asking them to fork over more money than they normally would for a book. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, think about that because it's a little bit, so to, to price your books so that you'll earn back your investment is very counterintuitive to what actually works because when you price your books out of the market you're not going to sell as many i mean your mom might buy one and maybe your best friend or your husband or spouse you know what i mean you're not but but for the rest you're probably not going to sell any books now and, and i understand that sometimes a publisher prices a book and we and you don't necessarily have a say in it and university presses we love working with university presses, but they tend to price their books higher. In some cases, it's warranted because there are books, they're textbooks, or they're specific markets that do have that, that flexibility where the books can be priced higher. But in most cases, your, your books have to be priced competitively. And one of the things that I would suggest is look at your look at what's in your market. Now, I, I want to get away from the conversation around your books have to be priced at 99 cents or they have to be free or they have to be dirt cheap. I, I there was a time and a place for that. And that time and place is gone. I'm not a fan of releasing a book that's 99 cents. I think you put a lot of work into it. What I do think makes sense is if you have lots and lots of books out, and as your books age, your price should reflect the your, that aging process, right? So your older books are probably not going to be as at the same price as your newer books. Your newer books are going to cost more than your older books typically, if an author. And I'm not necessarily saying like last year's books you should drop the price on that. I'm talking about if you have books out from, like, I have a book, I have 22 books out, but I have one that has been out for a bunch of years and it's like 99 cents or something. Right. Um, but Amy, t tell me a little bit more about 
Let's talk a little bit more about what you see in terms of like pricing mistakes that authors make. Yeah. And I would say, and I, I mentioned this briefly uh, previously, but I think um, something we else, something else that we see, Penny, is your pricing to some degree also changes with what you're bringing to the table and what you've achieved with your platform to date mm-hmm. as well. You know, you might have a really great concept and you might have a really great book and you had a great editor and a great cover and all these things. But you really, if you're relatively new on the scene, does that date me? Do people even say that anymore? Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But, But truly, if you're relatively new on the scene and you don't have an established online presence yet, there's, you don't own a lot of online real estate, meaning if people search your name, are they going to see your book? Are they going to see articles you've written? Are they going to see social popping up that you're active on things like that? You know, once you establish a little clout, you can also charge a little bit more for your books too. But at the beginning, you know, it's really better. You're going to do yourself a lot more favors by getting more books in hands and not having people get hung up on a a price point is really your best bet. You know, get books in hands. That's why, you know, not to get off on a different subject, but why we're such fans of BOGOs to promotions, buy one, get one, or buy one, give one. Because in some authors are like, you want me to give away books? It's like, right now your focus should be getting books in hands and building fans, you know? Yeah. Because they will come back and they will buy your next book, you know? So there is, there's a lot of different layers of strategy to the pricing conversation, And, and that's, you know, it's one of those things that when you first start off, you don't know what you don't know, but that's why that's, you know, shameless plug. That's why we do this podcast. (laughs) Right. Right. Exactly. And I think that pricing, you know, everything goes into, everything is part of your sales package Mm -hmm. and that includes the pricing of your book. Now, in some cases, when you have a, and, and I get this question a lot from authors, actually, they ask me, how much should I price my book? And it's very difficult to pull a number out of the sky. Um, Part of the reason for that is because it depends on a lot. There's a lot of variables that goes into book pricing, right? The first is obviously the market. So price your books to your market. That's the first piece of this. But the second is, is if you have like, let's say, for example, a, a book that has illustrations or you have a coffee table book or you have something... Those books then become much more expensive to produce, which elevates the price on them. So sometimes there's a natural elevation to a price because of the nature of the the content of the book, right? So that's, yeah. So that's part of it too, is that you have to, you have to look at all of the factors. There is Mm -hmm. flexibility with your ebook typically. So when you have a publisher who maybe they're pricing the book and, and, you know, and I will say that not every publisher, I mean, this is not the publisher bashing, but not every publisher knows how to price book to book effectively. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Big publishers do some of the more well-known ones do, but there's Amy and I see a lot of small little hybrid one-off publishers cropping up and they have no clue about book pricing and they are singing from that songbook of I got to we got to price this book high because we need to make back the investment in this author if they haven't charged the author for for publication mm-hmm. in those in those cases you can still potentially save the book with the ebook but you know then if the book is 
you know, if it's a textbook, for example, which obviously textbooks tend to be more expensive, um, you're probably not going to sell a lot of copies of the ebook either. So it's important pricing, right. strategic pricing is just, I mean, I, I, I cannot, I cannot emphasize that enough. And, you know, you might play with pricing too, right? And it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to price everything at like with the 0.99 cents of 7.99 or 5.99 or 9.99. You can have right. fun. You could do something like $9 and 51 cents. Try exactly. some, you, you know what I mean? I mean, try, have yes. you, when you, when you look at Amazon, I mean, you see that it kind of, I don't know, it gets your attention. It absolutely does. And I think you touched on something really smart with the, especially the smaller publishers or the boutique publishers, Penny. A lot of times, you know, I will have initial conversations with authors and it's actually, they didn't realize they have a say, you know, they just kind of assume, like you said, they assume the publisher knows what they're doing and and that is set in stone. But I think there are plenty of publishers out there that are actually willing to have that conversation. But if the author doesn't speak up or doesn't ask questions, they're going to go with, like you said, whatever will help them make their investment back quicker. But it doesn't mean that that conversation is entirely off the table. So if you have, you know, used a service to help get your book out there, have that conversation with them, you know, see what your options are because you don't know if you don't ask. And this is something else, Penny, that comes up a lot. And unfortunately for a lot of authors, it's a little too late. So I'm going to kind of put you on the spot here. Sorry. But can you think of a couple um, common I don't want to say mistakes because if some people it works for them, they had the budget, they planned for it. But what are some elements of production that you think end up catching authors off guard in terms of their 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 end their cost at the end of when they start crunching numbers for how they have to price their books? Like what elements of the production sometimes can get wildly out of control? Well, no, that's a great question. Um, So the type of paper that you use, right? We talk a lot about print on demand, but that is not the only way to print a book. So if you're doing, you know, if you're printing, if you're offset printing, um, things like the the type of paper that you're using, the thickness of the paper, um, French flaps on, on paperback books. I adore French flaps that they add so much to the cost of the book, right? Hardcover, that's kind of a given, right? Hardcover adds more to the to cost of the book. But paperweight, paper, and, you know, the paper that you get when you print, print via print-on-demand is completely fine. But sometimes people want it when they have images in the book or something, they want a thicker, heavier paper. I see this a lot of times, for example, in children's books. The other yeah. thing that will um, that will change how you can price your book is the size of the book. So, and we don't, this is, I know we don't want to get off too far down this rabbit hole because we could do a whole show on book sizes, but there are, and we're actually getting ready to do a show on follow the rules, which sounds like total buzzkill, but it's going to be a great show, I promise. And it, I don't know if it's going to run before or after this particular uh, episode, so definitely look for it. But there are publishing, there are rules about the size of the, the print size of the book, right? Six by nine, whatever, for a reason. Because when you do odd size books, which I understand a lot of children's books fall into that 
bucket, right? But when you do really oddly sized books, it's challenging. I wanted to say nightmare. It's it can be it can be challenging. And we kind of snuck it in there anyway. (laughs) Kind of snuck it in there anyway. And I'm not necessarily saying, hey, I'm just if you're listening to the show thinking, oh, I I want to do this different size book. Sometimes people just want to do an odd size book to stand out. The problem with that is that it's difficult to get it shelved at Barnes and Noble or any store, right? Any in-person store. We're so used to talking about Amazon. Any in-person store, it's very difficult to get it shelved. Um, mm-hmm. And they tend to be more expensive. They're they're way more expensive to print, right? So those are some of the things, and I apologize for going so far down that rabbit hole, but those are some of the things that can really surprisingly elevate the cost of the, the cost of the book. If you're thinking about, you know, if you're thinking, I don't want to do print on demand, I don't really like the books, whatever my book, you know, the colors, whatever, whatever reason, get some quotes from some uh, offset printing companies in the U.S. and see what, um, see what, see what they come back with and get, kind of get an idea. And then I recommend typically following the guidelines for pricing is doubling your, doubling the print fee. That's not an exact math, but that's generally what. So if the book prints at, and I've actually, I had an author one time, this is way before your time, Amy, threw their book up on Amazon and it actually ended up losing 25 cents a book because they didn't do the math right, right? So you have the cost of the print. So let's say it's $3 or a buck 50 to print, to print the book. If it's up on Amazon, Amazon's going to take a cut of that. If it's in Barnes & Noble, Barnes & Noble's going to take a cut of that. You have shipping. You have all of these other things to consider with your with your book pricing. So just make sure to do the math right. I know it's easy to... And this is, again, why a lot of authors default to publishing companies or hybrid companies or whatever, because it's like, oh, math is hard. And I get it. Math is hard. But it does matter to your, the success of your book and to, you know, obviously selling more books and, and your career depends on the price of the book too. Right. I love that. So I think we kind of, I, I, I think we touched on some really good points and I think, you know, as we always say, this is a long, hopefully for all of you listening, this is a long-term, you know, path that you're on. You have a long successful road ahead of you. And it's worth the headaches, the math headaches, the, you know, looking at all your options, it's worth figuring it out and thinking about what your long-term goals are. And that includes, you know, how you price your books. It, it all comes together and, and do the hard things first, right, Penny? Yeah. Do the hard things first. Yes. Tackling this stuff first will save you headaches in the long run. And it'll save some unnecessary kind of chaotic pivoting that you might have to do down the road. Yeah for sure. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Again, we welcome feedback. We love reviews wherever you listen to podcasts and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.